0: Welcome to the Women Encouraged podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Berendrecht. We are all about growing in Christ and being shaped by his word. So I'm delighted to share these conversations with Christians who love the Lord, love his word, and are pursuing a life of faithfulness in him. I'm praying this episode is a blessing to you and that you'll be encouraged to apply the gospel to this topic and walk faithfully with Jesus Christ. Welcome to the conversation. Hi friend, welcome back to the show. It's so good to have you here. Last week we talked about the importance of everyday faithfulness in the life of a believer, and this week I'm excited to share with you one of the ways that faithfulness gets worked out in relationships between Christian women. In the absence of a mentor, the Lord has provided for me several different book mentors over the years, one of whom has been Melissa Kruger. Melissa's writing and speaking has blessed my Christian walk tremendously, and so I'm really excited to be welcoming her back to the show today for this conversation about growing together in a mentoring relationship. Melissa's newest book is Growing Together, Taking Mentoring Beyond Small Talk and Prayer Requests. And let me tell you, friend, this book is a true gift to the church. I got to read an advanced copy last year thanks to the kind folks at Crossway, and I can't tell you just how much I have been looking forward to using this with the girls I'm in discipleship relationships with. Before we get started, I want to say thank you to our Patreon sponsors and our donors for keeping this show on the air. We couldn't do this without you. Let's get started with my conversation with Melissa Kruger. It is a delight to welcome you back to the Women Encouraged podcast, Melissa. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me again. Would you introduce yourself for the people who aren't familiar with you, maybe who didn't hear about you the first time you were here?
1: Yeah, I'm glad to. Um- I am married to my husband, Mike, and we have three kids. I have a 19-year-old, a 16-year-old, and a 13-year-old. So I have all teenagers right now. And um, I work for an organization called The Gospel Coalition. I'm our director of women's content. And I'm trying to think what else I do. I guess those are the main things I do. Oh, and I write books. I do do that too. I forgot. Um, that. So I I enjoy getting to write and teach women the Bible. So those are all a bit of the things that
0: I do. That's excellent. I really have enjoyed and been blessed by your writing for so long. But this this last month or so, uh, Crossway sent me a copy of your newest book, Growing Together. And I just can't tell you how blessed I was by it. Just getting excited about sharing it with some girls that I disciple and mentor, I think it's going to be such a good tool. I'm really thankful for this. I got to hear some of this material, I think, at TGC Women's Training Network that happened in Charlotte last year. And just to to have it in book form in front of me, not just the scribbled notes, it's just (laughs) really good. Um, So can we talk about today mentoring, um, how to understand it and some of the ways that we can encourage one another in this and, and just talk about your book today. Would you share about the book a little bit and just some of the ways that we could best understand mentoring? Is it the same as discipleship? How is it? How is it similar or different?
1: Hmm.
0: That's a really good question.
1: Um, when I think about discipleship, I think of it almost as an umbrella. Um, it's kind of there are different spots on that continuum where we can be teaching people about Christ in different ways, and so discipleship is kind of a broad term in that sense. So I can be discipled by hearing an amazing speaker at a conference and I can take that and I can learn about the Lord. Um, but I might not, not ever know that person life on life. Um, and so that's the broad, Category, so to speak. And I would say that mentoring is a specific type of discipleship. So it's when two women, or maybe one woman with three younger women, study together with the purpose of growing in the faith um, so that they can serve the Lord in greater capacity. And so I see it as something that is. not just, I'm here to learn a few things or study a particular concept or even, um, study the Bible with someone, although that can definitely be part of mentoring and should be part of mentoring, but that it's when two women walk together for a season, um, and talk deeply about how to take the truths of scripture and to apply it to our lives. And so the image I like to use is, um, One that I remember from my childhood, I remember coming out one day and watching my father um, tether this small tree that was bent over after a storm. He tied it to a bigger tree so that it would grow straight. And when I think about a mentoring relationship, I think it's a relationship where two women are tethered together for a season. And um, the older tree doesn't make the younger tree grow. She just stands beside and offers support to help that other younger tree, so to speak, um, grow grow in the faith and grow toward the Lord. So she offers the experience she's had and the truth she's lived um, by living in light of God's word to a younger believer.
0: I love that example. That's one of my favorites, actually. I think it's it's a powerful metaphor because I think there's a lot of uh, fear related to mentoring, like, oh no, I have I'm responsible for this person's spiritual growth. So I think it kind of begs the question: Should everybody be mentoring, and and what kind of responsibilities do we have when we're mentoring?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, and there's some sense in which I do think all of us should be sharing our faith. From the moment we become a Christian, you know, I think of the Samaritan woman, she went and told everyone in her town what what Jesus had done for her. So there's a right place that even as a new believer, we have something to share with a non-believer, you know, in in the sense of we're all, um, once we know Jesus, we have the best thing to share with with someone else. But I do think um, that when you look at Titus 2, which tells us older women should teach the younger woman, there are some really helpful guidelines for mentoring. And it should be a woman, you know, who is, she can actually She knows the word. She's been living in it herself. It says not addicted to much wine, you know, (laughs) or, 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 uh, you know, in there. And so, you know, we want someone who is living the truths of the gospel to mentor us and to to pour into us, who has gone a little further ahead of us and can, in some ways, call back and say, hey, here is how, you know, when I had young children, these are some of the things that I did that helped our family grow in Bible learning with a two-year-old. You know, a mom of an eight-year-old can call back in ways that maybe someone, you know, who also just has a 2-year-old can't really do in the same capacity. So I do think that there are helpful things to look for. It doesn't have to be someone who's older in years, but maybe who's walked with the Lord for more years than we have. So it could be that a 30-year-old does disciple another 30-year-old, but She's walked with the Lord for 15 years, and maybe this friend who's 30 just became a Christian six months ago. So it's not necessarily based on age. Um, However, I do think it can be really helpful when it is, you know, I would love, I think, I think the best of mentors can be women who are, you know, 40 years and older, just because they've normally lived a lot of life by that point and can start really looking back. But that doesn't mean, let me say, by any means, because I think a 30 year old can be mentoring a 12 year old believer. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean to not, to not mentor before then, but I do think there's something about the older we get the more wisdom that we've seen lived out over time. And that's really helpful when we mentor.
0: Yeah. How you kind of touched on this a few minutes ago, but what's the link between mentoring and Bible study or Bible teaching? And what kind of a role does the word play in this for us? I know that you you talked a little bit about just that connection there, but could you flesh that out a little bit for us?
1: Yeah. Well, and I think um, some mentoring relationships are fully based on studying God's Word together. I know when I was in college, my campus staff worker, she discipled me through First Peter and we just read it every week together. We we um, went through and studied it and we did that the whole semester. So probably about 12 to 15 weeks, we just studied through First Peter and read it line by line. And that's just a an amazing way to to be mentored and to get to walk with someone through God's word. However, I do think and what I've tried to do in this book is to kind of create different categories for mentoring. And so, we definitely it's always good to you know read the word with someone, but I do think sometimes it's helpful to step back and really evaluate how is my Christian walk going? So that's going to involve Bible reading, but it's also going to involve prayer and it's going to involve evangelism and it's going to involve serving in my church and it's going to involve temptation and it's going to involve all these other things as well, and I think sometimes as women we're really good at sitting down and maybe having coffee or maybe even doing Bible study, but never talking about our personal lives and so the The goal with this book is to kind of help women intersect and have deeply spiritual conversations that are also personal but are focused on God and not just focused on the problem at hand, so to speak, but that are really focused on how can I grow spiritually and what is the means by which I can grow spiritually? So obviously God's word is going to always be the foundation of that for us. But I think it's helpful to say just to walk through some of these topics with an older older woman in the faith and be able to ask for advice and say, how did you pray? Because I know I should pray from God's word, but how do you do that in a busy life? And so just to bring the practical into what we know to be true in scripture, but both are needed.
0: That's great. I'm wondering if you would, would talk a little bit about the, maybe the process of finding a mentor or somebody to mentor. I know that there is probably a strong need for a formal church connection there, but how how have you seen that done well where people have connected well to a mentor or have actually sought somebody out to mentor? Yeah, I think
1: it can be almost as fearful as asking someone out on a date <laughs> to ask someone to mentor you. Yes, um, it's, it, it true. Can feel like it's true. It's it's this risk. So what I always tell women is to just, if you're, you know, either if you're the younger woman or the older woman, I think one of the easiest ways just to get to know someone is to say, Hey, could we get coffee? And could I ask you about X, Y, or Z? Like, you know, if you're a mom with young children, maybe you reach out to an older mom and say, Hey, could I ask you about this topic and just see how that relationship goes. But I do think it's helpful to have a purpose to the coffee. So I, and that's not intimidating for either person to just start with a coffee. And then I think if, if it feels like a good fit and you, um, kind of enjoy being together, I do think it's really helpful to have Something to use in the mentoring relationship. And that's actually why I wrote this book, because I think it's such a nebulous term. Like, what do you mean by mentoring? My older women in the church, when when I would say these younger women are looking for a mentor, they were like, what do they want me to do with them? And so the whole purpose of this book was to try to give a guidebook to help two women be able to sit down and talk about important parts of the Christian life that sometimes I think we neglect. And so that gives a limited time, time span. For, for the mentoring relationship, which I think is really good because so yeah. if you said, hey, could we go through this book together for the next nine months and maybe, you know, do one chapter a month or maybe the next nine weeks and do one chapter a week, you're giving a really finite time period. The goal is not that you are in a mentoring relationship with this person for the next 30 years because
0: that, you know, <laughs> that's hard to commit to. Yeah, and sometimes that happens. Yes, it, yes. It doesn't always. And it and it's a lot of pressure to kind of feel like, oh, am, am I in this for life now? Exactly. <laughs> you know, are we married? <laughs> exactly. Like what
1: exactly what is the nature of this relationship? And so I think when you say, hey, could we work through this book together? Or maybe even get three younger women together and go to an older woman and say, Hey, would you work through this with us? We we see Um, We love how your faith is so clear and evident. We want to learn from you. But what you are doing at that moment is providing her with, hey, let's just walk through this together because there are already questions. There's already topics to discuss. And so I tried to make it as easy as possible because what I found were older women are these treasure troves of wisdom and experience, but sometimes they don't even, they don't want to be pushy with what they know. So what I'm trying to help is give the, um, in some ways I let the chapter be the bad guy and bring up, you know, all the things that the Bible tells us in some ways we should be doing in the Christian life. But then put that flesh on flesh and let's talk about what did it look like for you, um, to be a prayerful woman or to share your faith or who are you trying to share your faith with now? And how can we talk about why that's hard and pray for the people that we're trying to share our faith with and things like that. So the whole goal is to try to make it, simpler um rather than this nebulous kind of fearful thing and because it's difficult on both sides of the coin it's hard to ask an older woman and as the older woman you really want to give this younger woman what she needs and sometimes the older woman doesn't know what she's doing either so <laughs> i'm trying to yeah. make it um as easy and, as possible because it's been so beneficial in my own life and so um i just wanted to provide a pathway i, I tend to think of the book as the tether that ties the right. two women together. So okay. God's doing all the growing, um, and this is just the rope that helps tie them together, so that they can grow together.
0: Well, I personally am very grateful that you developed the rope because <laughs> I, I know, like I, it's not hard for me to find books that I love to share with people. I have one girl that's just. She'll eat up anything, really. I'm like, let's read this. This is good. and She'll just latch on to that. But to have something that actually gives me specific topics to look into with somebody and say, hey, let's see what God has to say about this. I think it's, this is going to be an invaluable resource for the church. I'm so thankful that you took the time to do this. Would you share a couple of the goals that we should set in mentoring relationships? What are some of the ways that we actually do move beyond small talk and prayer requests, like the book's tagline? says? Yeah, I think it's
1: really important in mentoring that the ultimate goal, a few goals. The first, I am not making disciples of Melissa. (laughs) So my goal is to not make a younger woman that I'm mentoring look more like me. She may have a totally different gift set. She may have just totally different, you know, ways she serves in the church. My goal is to help her look more like Christ. And so all of us have to kind of put aside ourselves and say, how can I help this woman be more of a disciple of Jesus? Not, you know, simply be like me and that we like to hang out together and all of those things. And so the second goal then would be, my ultimate goal is that she is more like Christ to the glory of God. And so, my hope is, I I mean, my greatest hope in mentoring is that I'm passing these eternal truths of the gospel um, on to a younger sister in the faith. And my hope is that that would be to God's glory, that as we cheer one another on in our races um, and we pass these truths on, that she'll then pass that truth on to a younger woman and she'll pass that truth on and that the earth in a sense will be filled with the glory of the Lord as his word goes out and disciples are, are made and strengthened and built up. So. The the glorious news of the gospel has always been given through people telling other people. And so discipleship really is life on life. And then mentoring is a specific way that we can do that um, relationship upon relationship with the goal of the church being built up and unified and strengthened all for the glory of God. And when we keep that in mind, it really helps To set aside, is this person living how I want them to live? Because that's not really what my goal is. My goal is that, is this person living within the truths of the gospel? And is she living the word of God? And am I helping her do that? Not... Does her devotional time look exactly like my devotional time? That's not the goal, but just that I'm helping her get into the Word on a regular basis. I'm helping her to love the Scriptures and to love the Lord in new ways. And so, I think that's a very different goal than you know making people to be just like us,
0: right? And it helps also to take that long view that we live such short lifespans, really, and and yet God calls us into His work here and to to share the gospel and to Live it out with one another. It just when you take the long view that you know this is a small amount of time for the larger purpose of the kingdom of God. It actually mm. takes the pressure off in a lot of ways. I think personally. absolutely, but, absolutely. Yeah. Are there some dangers that we need to be guarding against in mentoring relationships?
1: Yeah. Um. I I think one of the ones that I was just thinking about actually as you were talking was one thing to guard against as. A mentor to a younger woman is, I'm not perfect. And I don't have to try to present perfection to a younger sister in the faith. In fact, she may learn from my mistakes and how I handle them by repentance and confession. Those are good things for her to learn. So I think one thing to guard against if you are the mentor mentoring a younger woman, she doesn't have to think you're perfect. In fact, it might be good for her to hear, Hey, I spoke harshly to my husband, will you pray for me? So I think to remember that this is a relationship, not that the younger woman doesn't think, oh, the older woman's just investing in me, nor does the older woman just think she's just investing in the younger woman, but that it's a real friendship. So I I think a, a thing for the younger woman to guard against is making sure she just doesn't come to an older woman with all of her problems and all of her struggles and never ask, hey, how are you doing? (laughs) Um, because the reality that anyone who's mentored younger women is she has bad days too. And she doesn't always know what she's doing in her own life. (laughs) Um, And she has struggles. And so I think it's important to guard against just making the relationship one-sided, but that both people are growing together as they walk in this relationship. And I think it's really important for younger women to learn how to care For the older women in their lives, through prayer, if they're just asking, hey, how are you and not presuming that their lives, while they may look more settled, often they're struggling with things that a younger woman may not see. And so it's really good to ask those questions and enter in on those things because that will be part of preparation. So a younger woman may have never dealt with a sick parent or something like that in her life, but to watch how that older mentor struggles in that and and maybe weeps in that or has a hard time in that, to come alongside her mentor and and just provide loving care as much as she can is a really good thing to do both ways so that the discipleship really can be by God's spirit that two women grow together, that it's not just one woman growing, but that both are.
0: That's really a a powerful thing to think about, too, is we often... I think for younger women, when we seek out a mentor, we often think we have nothing to give them or we have nothing to contribute. And so there can be almost a level of guilty feelings. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever if you ever experienced this when you were seeking out a mentor, but feeling like, oh man, I'm probably burdening her or I'm I might be just taking up so much of her time. Just as as someone who has mentored, it is a really beautiful thing when the girl or the younger woman is saying something like you know i've been praying for you or mm-hmm. how can i pray for you and to to realize that there is some reciprocation there is is very encouraging when you can actually be growing together not just the person that that's tethered to i don't know if that makes sense but yes absolutely
1: it's so important i mean and it really just reminds us that we're both both needy recipients of grace And so um, it really strengthens the relationship for it to be mutual versus just one person giving and one person taking. I don't think it was um, when I think about Moses and Joshua, I think they are one of the best examples of a mentoring relationship in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Joshua Really served Moses a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and he was, he came alongside him to help him in the work he was doing. You know, he traveled with him, he went in the tent of meeting with him. Um, a lot of his growth happened just by participating with. Moses. And then he was equipped to go and lead the Israelite nation to the promised land. But that all came much later after years and years and years of just walking by his side. And he was his assistant, the the Bible says, since his youth. And so it it definitely, I think Joshua was a help and encouragement to Moses. Um, It wasn't just Moses kind of giving him lessons, you know, and teaching him all he knew. They were walking together as they were growing together.
0: Right. Well this book like I said I'm I'm just very excited to use it in the spring with a couple of girls but would you share maybe about the format of the chapters and just how the book is designed to be used I think one thing that stuck out to me was that there's a preparation element to the chapters that is I think really important. Yes, yes, no. Um the book is arranged kind of in two different ways.
1: One is by the type of topics we cycle through. So We cycled through topics that deal with the person's relationship with God, the relationship with the church or their family, and then the relationship with the world. So, um, and I think that's important just for what I call well-balanced discipleship. So one week you may be talking about the person's relationship with God through prayer. Another week, you might be talking about the person's relationship with the church and why they need the church. And then another week, you might be talking about the person's relationship with the world and who are they trying to evangelize or share their faith with. So it tries to cycle through different topics to kind of create this full orb discipleship. But then each chapter has multiple things, parts of the chapter. So one is to read the chapter before you come together. But then there are some activities to do before you meet. Then there are questions to do while you meet. And then there's kind of a, what do you want to do from here before the next time we meet? So there are three kind of things to think about. So before you get together, here are some things you could do to talk about and then questions to, to do while you're together. And then until we meet again, what do I want to specifically be growing in? Um, so that that really hopefully provides kind of a workbook of sorts to really help discipleship take take root rather than just sometimes you you go to Bible study and you come back saying, Oh, I should do these things. But then there's no one to follow up with you about them. Yeah. So what I'm hoping is that women will actually write in their book by next time I want to have, you know, gotten up and read my Bible seven days in a row or whatever it might be. Or by the next time we meet, I want to have found a way to invite my non-Christian friend to one Christian gathering or to a Bible study or to something, or just have a spiritual conversation with someone. And it's kind of measurable. And then you get together in a couple of weeks and you can say, Hey, how did that go? And so there can be this follow-up, which I think is so helpful for just all of us. We all need people. I want someone to mentor me with this book. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. these, These aren't difficult things. But they're often the things we fail to ask each other about natural conversation. You know, I want someone to say, hey, who are you trying to share your faith with? Just the Mm. question is a good one. Meaning, oh, I need to be doing that. You know, I can just be like, oh, it's December. Well, I've just got too much Christmas stuff to do or or things like, you know, or or it's the end of the school year. There's too much going on. I can't be bothered to share my faith this month. Oh, what are we talking about here? <laughs> like, yes, I can right. be bothered to share my faith this month with someone. And just having people in our lives who are willing and faithful to ask us good questions
0: is a huge gift. Well, I think when I think of someone who knows how to ask good questions, this is not meant as flattery, but we actually have, there's a couple of friends that I have that I won't mention their names, but we kind of have this running joke. Like if we ever wanted somebody to write questions for us, we'd go to Melissa Kruger because she knows how to ask all the good questions. Oh. <laughs> and um, that was one thing that I came away with from the TGC women's training event. The track that I was in that you were leading most of the session was just really thinking about the kinds of questions that, I ask. And and using that in relationships is actually so helpful to actually growing a relationship and not just keeping everything very surface level. So I appreciate the questions you wrote in this. I'm encouraged and excited about this. I'm really looking forward to sharing this with more people. Thank you again. Mm. Oh, I'm so glad to get to talk
1: about it. It's really, it's been something, this, the outline for this book has been on my computer, I think for about six years. And so it feels like I'm finally getting to something I've been trying to get to for a long time. So I'm really, I'm
0: really excited about it. That's so good. Would you share what the Lord has been using in your life lately to encourage you in your walk with him? Hmm. You
1: know, the best thing I have done this year, um, and I I say this (laughs) with every bit of my heart, it has been, um, I've been doing the Bible in a year again this year. And Mm. it's, it's just been such a complete and utter encouragement to watch the Lord put me in passages on just the day. I can remember, I mean, I still have it in my mind. It was week 45, day two. And the passage I was in so completely corresponded with a struggle I was having <laughs> that I just almost laughed out loud at the Lord. Because mm. <laughs> I was like, of course you did this, Lord. Of course you right. did. I, you know, it's like we forget the word is living and active. Um, but it I mean, it's alive. And I can just say what a joy it has been to spend this year daily in his word. And it, it doesn't mean it's a joy every day. I mean, I slog through like anyone else, you know, it's, it's right. not like I wake up every day and be like, wow, that changed my life. Um, it should. Um, but most days it's just that plodding through and reading, but um, there've just been these sweet times with the Lord this year where he has just surprised me afresh with his complete and utter goodness to me, to reassure me from his word of the truth, that is eternal truth, but that it is true for me today and that he sees me and he knows me and he can ordain week 45, day two, (laughs) to put me Mm. in the exact right passage that he knows I'm going to need to be in. And so it's been this sweet just way of seeing that he really is my friend and that he loves me and that It's a true relationship. I think that has been the sweetest encouragement to my soul this year. Um, And I just encourage anyone. It it, it can seem like such a hard thing to commit to, but I, I believe with everything in me that the Lord just blesses us so much through his word with comfort and revival. I think of, you know, Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul, the statutes of the Lord, mm-hmm. trustworthy, yeah. making wise, the simple, the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. That's only found in God's word, you know, and those are all the things we want, right? Refreshment, right. <laughs> revival, wisdom. And so it's just the greatest joy to be in his word and that our Lord speaks to us. What a wonderful thing that He condescends to speak to us. Such a gift. So that's been the biggest encouragement for me.
0: Truly, truly beautiful. Thank you so much. And thanks again for joining me today, Melissa. It's been really a delight to talk to you again. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for being here today, friend. If you want to hear more from Melissa, you can find her at melissabkruger.com and on Facebook and Melissa Brian Kruger on Instagram. We will have links in our show notes to Melissa's sites and her new book, Growing Together. As we engage in mentoring or we receive discipleship and mentoring from other women, let's remember our goal. It's to savor Christ and to live out His gospel. As Isaiah 55 calls us, Come, everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me, hear, that your soul may live. Friend, let's grow together for the sake of God's kingdom, and let's call one another to listen, come, hear, and live.